0: And so when we think about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we're thinking about this concept of lament, but some of us aren't familiar with that concept, and so we're going to explore that topic a little bit today. I'm going to refer to a certain theologian and just kind of read some thoughts that he had about the idea of lament. So he says this, that the Bible is filled with this song of sorrow. He's speaking of lament. It's a song of sorrow. Over one-third of the Psalms are laments. The book of Lamentations... If you've ever read that, the book of Lamentations, that, that root word lament is in there, is a book of, of recording the weeping over the destruction of Jerusalem. We see that Jesus laments in the final hours of his life. As a matter of fact, we see in other places in the Bible that he's a man of many sorrows, that he's acquainted with grief. Jesus knows lament. But lament is so much more than crying. Lament is a form of prayer. It's more than just the expression of sorrow or venting of emotion. Lament talks to God about our pain. This is lament. It has a unique purpose to build trust in relationship between you and God. It's a divinely given invitation to pour out our fear, our frustration, and our sorrows for the purpose of helping us renew our confidence in God. So the way this theologian puts it is that there's things in our life that cause great pain and because of that we're brought to this place where we're actually invited to bring that pain to God and in doing so it brings trust and confidence. Increase faith in the way that you believe God. Some other thoughts about it is that to lament is uniquely Christian. All people, no matter whether they're Christian or not, experience sorrow. But only a Christian who is informed of the truth of who God is will actually go beyond sorrow and bring their cries, their prayers, and their grief-filled songs of lament to God. This is a Christian thing that we do. And God invites you to participate in that. Now, some of you might feel like you're in exile in this place today. Again, feeling maybe like there's some destruction in your life, there's some desolation in your relationships, maybe there's despair in your soul, in your heart. It's real. I've experienced those things even as recently as this year. There's been moments that were painful. And I think that that you need to know that this is a song for you. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is a song for you. But not only that, all throughout the scriptures, there's songs for you that speak to that moment of life that you're in. Now, if you're not in a hard season right now, you might be wondering, why are we taking time talking about this? Well, because there's so many other people that are. And And even if you're not in a hard season, I I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be Eeyore right now. Okay? Doesn't Winnie the Pooh have a Christmas special? I don't want to be Eeyore right now. But calamity comes to anyone at any time. Brokenness can come to our lives. The shadow of death is looming in many places at many times. The enemy of our souls is still prowling, roaming around like a lion, seeking to devour. And and that's everything apart from just the brokenness in our own souls from the sin nature that we inherit from Adam. So, So... The lament that we're invited to participate in, you might not feel a need to go there today, but you'll need to understand it at some point. Because pain comes to us all. None of us are exempt. And what we want to do, rather than avoid the idea of exploring lament, rather than avoiding talking about these hard things, we, we really want to learn to navigate these things well. We want to learn to lament well so that so that we can experience all that God has for us in that that trust building process that eventual joy that rejoicing that does follow the lament but we've got to learn to lament well now a lot of us again are have experienced different seasons and before we move on if, if some of you you know might not realize you know you might be thinking man it's it's really it's just me that Has this kind of hard stuff going on in my life? I want to ask real quick, have any of you, and and just by a show of hands, and and you guys can look around even, please be bold. By a show of hands, have you ever had to leave something you love and it hurts your heart? Anybody ever? Keep your hands up. Have you ever been disappointed by something so profoundly that you were counting on and, and it didn't work out? Keep your hands up if that's if that's still you. More hands went up, right? Have have you ever experienced sickness in your own life or Maybe sickness in the life of of people around you and it was a painful season. Yeah, hands are up. Has death ever visited your family? Somebody you loved? A couple hands went down, but so many hands are still up. Friends, family pass away. and it, It breaks our hearts. If you're in this room and you think you're alone, I need you to just know that every hand in this room went up at some point during that time. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Every hand in this room went up at some point in those last 30 seconds. You're not alone. And and something else I want you to know is that as a faith community, that God uses people, God used many, many people in my life in those hard seasons to help me face those hard seasons. He uses people in his church, in the the body of believers to bring hope, to minister joy, to, to lift our arms when we can't. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter uh, 12 says that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice, right, in the spring and summer seasons, but we're to also weep with those who weep. We take this very seriously. Now, some of us don't know how to engage in that. Like, we love celebrating with people, right? We love high-fiving and celebrating all those good moments, but, but when it comes to the hard things, we don't know how to weep with those who weep. We struggle to do that. And so not only are we trying to learn how to lament ourselves in this moment, but we're trying to help learn how to walk with others through their lament. That's an important part of being a church, a faith family that's safe. And so because we all experience dark seasons, some do more than others. I'll admit, I've had a lot of darkness in my life. And I talk to some people and they're like, man, I've never experienced that or that or this or this. And and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, I'm, you could still support me prayerfully, but then I get around people and they're like, blah, blah, And I'm like, whoa, I've never experienced that. You know, we all have these different degrees of experience in relationship to, to our pain. But regardless of whether or not one has more pain than another, we can all empathize with one another. That comes through compassion, the compassion of Jesus and so we don't have to pretend in this community that we're not hurting. We're, we're looking to cultivate a safe place in this community. We're looking to give everyone the same permission that God has given us to lament, to, to walk through hard seasons, and hopefully we can, by grace, the grace of God, walk through them together. And so the question now becomes, how do we lament well? Well, there's four elements of lament I want to walk through. And they all, we're really kind of following along in Psalm chapter 13. If you've got your Bible with you, you can crack that open if you like. It'll be on the screen if not. But the number one thing that we want to do to lament well is turn to God. It's that simple. Turn to God. Psalm 13 one says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? For, are you going to forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? The psalmist was uncertain if God was there, and so a lot of us are also uncertain if God is in the midst of our pain and our circumstances. And so I said we need to turn to God, but here we are with the psalmist, and many of us as well, questioning, where are you in this, God? And what we do, this is how we often respond, we we, we look to distract ourselves from our pain, or we look to Find some sort of coping mechanism that helps us to navigate the pain. Maybe it's entertainment. We veg out. I mean, just like go all the way in on like three TV series in a row, like three seasons you spend all Saturday just in pajamas. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but sometimes we're trying to escape, right? We work. That's one of my, that's one of my coping strategies. I'm a hustler. I go get it. I just, I, just put, I just put all of my energy into, into work when I, when I experience those painful times. I, I bet some of you can relate to that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't work hard. We should. But if it becomes a distraction or a coping mechanism in order to, to heal, well, we're using it improperly. Sometimes we look to people, right? Sometimes we look to fantasy. We might crack open a book, a novel. Good things in and of themselves, but if we're using them to escape, that's not a good thing. Sometimes we drink too much. Sometimes we eat too much. Sometimes we don't eat enough. Sometimes we think that maybe being slim and trim and getting tight and being all up in the gym and and all that's gonna solve all of our problems. And, and so we give ourselves completely to that and it doesn't fix it. Maybe it's porn. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's dope. Every single one of us has escaped to something at some point in time instead of turning to God. But to lament well, we need to turn to God. See, lament turns you toward God when sorrow tempts you to run from him. See, all people experience sorrow. And when that sorrow comes, I look for things to make me happy. But if I lean into lament and embrace the pain of that moment and say, okay, this is the moment that I'm in and I recognize that God's the only one that can do what I need him to do, it's not any of these other coping mechanisms that are going to help, then I'll turn to him. And so we want to turn to God. And the songwriter, I love this. The name of the song is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And the word, the name Emmanuel literally was given to Jesus, and it means God with us. And so here the psalmist is wondering where God is. Why are you hiding your face from me? Yet, In the Bible, we see that Jesus is promised to be with us. Not only would he come in person as the Messiah, but after he would live a perfect life, die a perfect death, be raised to life again, and ascend on heaven, he'd send his spirit to be with us. Emmanuel, he's present with us. And he would return again to be with his people. And this song reminds us of that promise. And so we don't have to ask that question, where is your face, God? Why are you hiding from me? We could just take God at his word and say, God, I know you're here and I'm turning to you now in my pain. So the first thing we want to do is turn to God. The second thing that we want to do is because once you turn to someone, right, then, then, you gotta, then they got to deal with you. You got to bring them who you are. And if you're filled up with pain, then you got to bring them your pain. So we want to bring our pain to God. And so though the psalmist does ask, where are you, God? At the same time, in just another breath, he still cries out to God. And he does bring his pain to God. He says, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Remember, the exiled people of Israel, the enemy crushed their land, destroyed their people. And the enemy was lifted up over them. And he said, how long will we live in this brokenness? The songwriter speaks to this in that lyric where he says, Ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile. In verse four, he says, Disperse the gloomy clouds of night. Right? The darkness in our life, disperse that God. He's bringing his pain in lament. And many of us have brokenness in our lives and loneliness. You might. Feel like you're walking under a cloud of darkness. It's just gloomy. Maybe it's just subtle. You don't even realize. You don't know why you're always tired. You just never wake up with motivation, with a a, a joy for the day. You don't realize that you're struggling with a mild depression. There's There's a weight on you, and you don't know what to do with it. And everyone experiences these things and is impacted by these things and responds to these things differently. So there's no perfect prescription for how to grieve and lament. I do want to mention that. I, I could tell you some thoughts I have. I know what the scripture says. I know what's works for me. But we've all got to sort this out by ourselves with God, don't we? And I know that many of you, even in this Christmas season, where you'd like it to be like this, like, man, I love Christmas. It's amazing. Deck the halls. And you're just like, rocking around the christmas that's what you want but christmas reminds you of all the pain in your life and the loss you've experienced so many people don't look forward to this time in their life where they miss their family that is no longer with them or they yearn or long for just something that once was that no longer is and and christmas isn't special for them it's actually hard and so So we all deal with these things differently, but I do believe that lamenting comes with this permission to be emotional. I do believe that it comes with permission to be frustrated. A lot of us think that it's not okay to have emotions, but did you know that God made you in his image? And not only are you made in his image, but you have characteristics of God. That's what it means to be made in his image. And and he made you with emotions. We even see in the scripture that God has emotions. It's okay to walk with emotions. We don't want to let them rule our lives, but but you've got to acknowledge them. They're there. And sometimes those emotions lead to anger, frustration, disappointment. And I think I think what's most important in relationships navigating those emotions is where you voice those emotions, where you voice those frustrations. And sometimes we bring them to other people that don't need to hear them. Some people do. Some safe people where you can be vulnerable and honest and transparent. And they can help you and they can serve you. But but ultimately, at the end of the day, we're talking about turning to God and bringing Him our pain. If Do you trust God enough to bring Him your pain? You see, if you know the person that you're going to talk to, can handle what you bring them, then you're more likely to talk to them, right? See, the practice of lamenting is one of the most theologically informed things a person can do. Theology means what I know about God. Well, if I know that God can handle what I bring him, I'll go to him. This is a very theologically informed practice. If you know God's character, you know that he's the first one that you need to bring your pain to. If you know God's character... His nature, you know that he is present in your pain, and he hears your cries, and he's listening to you. If you know God's character, then you know that he can handle your questions, that he, he has the capacity to deal with the hard things that you bring to him. He has the wisdom to, to answer you with the right answers. If, if you know God's character, you know that he loves you infinitely, infinitely. And he's able to care for you in the midst of your pain. If you know God's character, you know that he's patient. And and he'll wait for you as you bring him your pain over and over and over again, it seems sometimes. And he'll wait for you to learn to trust him. He'll wait for you to learn to surrender to him. To surrender to his sovereign will for your life, his sovereign plan. He'll wait because he's patient. And if you trust him, if if you know that about God then you'll bring your pain to him. God can handle your cries. And this practice of lament is a very holy thing. It's entering into the presence of a holy God and letting him take from you those things that are broken and to restore and make whole that which is broken. It's it's this beautiful, wonderful practice. And I've gone to the wrong place sometimes and I've found the wrong answers. I found the wrong solutions. But when I've gone to God, in my pain, in my brokenness, I've run back to God's people. I've run back to the church. I've run back to the place where, where we worship and pray together. I've run back to my closet, and I pray, and I read the word, and I seek the face of God. When I run back to that place, he ministers to me, and he'll do it for you. So two, you want to bring your pain to God. Three, you want to ask boldly for help from God. Sometimes we don't like asking. We're like, I feel like a burden, right? Same Psalm, verse 3 through 4. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. And here's his petition. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I've prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. The songwriter of "Come, Emmanuel has some lyrics in it. He says, he asks for wisdom from on high. To us, the path of knowledge show, meaning show me the path to walk on and teach us in her ways to go. This is a request. Help us, Lord. Help me, God. And it's an act of faith when you recognize that God is your only true source of help. If you start looking in other places you're looking for either self-sufficiency or the sufficiency of someone or something else, but it's not Christ's sufficiency, and He is sufficient alone, apart from all other things. He's enough to meet your needs. You know, I think about my kids, um, almost nine, six, sorry, <laughs> and four, almost five. Whew! And and they. They sometimes I put them down, and I forget to, to kind of set the room up just the way they like it, you know, and I leave out, and I'm daddy, daddy, and you know, I'm in the, in the bedroom, and I'm coming, and their cry gets louder and louder, daddy, as if they don't know I'm coming down the hall, right, and I'm like, I'm coming, and I don't want to yell, because I don't want to wake up the whole house, right, I'm just trying to attend to this kid's needs, and and so I, you know, open up the door. Hey, I'm here, bud. What, what, what's up? You forgot to turn my nightlight on. Okay, buddy. You're right. I did. I'm sorry about that. Let me turn that nightlight on. See, my kids struggle to find rest in the darkness, but they call out to daddy to come bring light to the darkness so that they can actually find some rest. I don't do that begrudgingly. I do that full of love and mercy and With Thanksgiving for the opportunity to serve my kids. Now, sometimes I I put the light on dim instead of bright because I want to teach them how to live with a little darkness. They need to mature, they need to grow, right? But I'm still coming to provide for them what they need in the moment. And that's the same way God is. You got darkness surrounding you, you're crying out for a nightlight, and He's coming down the hall. And he might not have gotten there yet. He might not have opened the door yet. And you can keep hollering. He's okay with that. But he's coming. And he'll bring light to those dark places in your life. I'm sure of it. You know what the difference between fear and rest is for us? Us crying out and believing that God's coming and then waiting on him to do what he does. That's the difference between fear and rest. You know, Psalm 34 says, The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles thankful for that character of God. That's his nature. So the fourth thing we want to do after we've turned to God, after we've brought our pain to God, after we've asked boldly for God to help us, the fourth thing that we want to do is trust in God. Choose to trust in God. Verse five through six says, I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. See, the psalmist is remembering now the character of God. He said, steadfast love. That's that's a characteristic of God. You've dealt bountifully with me. He's remembering things that God has done for him in the past and saying, I know you'll do it again. He's remembering God's faithfulness. He's still crying out, and there's no evidence that his circumstances have changed either, by the way. There's no evidence that the plight has left him, that the crisis is over. There's no evidence that he's not still in pain here. All we see is evidence that his perspective has changed in the midst of the crisis. And God wants to do that for you. He's still doing that for me in different areas of my life. Showing me how to view that in a way that's more redemptive, in a way that's more faith-filled, in a way that's more trusting of his, his faithfulness, his everlasting Steadfast love now, one of the beautiful things about us as a believer today is we know what the psalmist didn 't know then the The psalmist was waiting on the Messiah. Our Messiah has already come we 've seen this promise fulfilled he 's crying out like, I hope you're coming we 're crying out like God, I know you sent Jesus, I know He's already come, I know He's done it before, and now we're just in this time, filled with His Spirit, given His promise in the word, and saying, God, we're just waiting on your return now again, Christ, come Je- come, Lord Jesus, come. So we have the promise of God fulfilled, and we're just waiting on the, the rest of His promise to be fulfilled. This is something to rejoice over, right? Yeah, you can clap for that. One of you is fine, that's great. <laughs> As you walk in grief and and learn to be honest about your pain and allow yourself to truly lament and you do these things, you turn to God, you bring your pain to God, you ask boldly for God to help and, and you choose to trust him. Trust rises up. Faith rises up. It renews your spirit in God as he helps you navigate the brokenness of your life. I've seen it happen in my life time and time again, and I'm looking around in this room right now, and I see testimony after testimony. Some of you are still walking through it, I know. But I've also seen so many of you learn to get the victory in the midst of those hard moments. You're an example to us. And, And I believe that God wants to bring more testimonies of healing and and confidence that rises up in us and his faithfulness that we'll have a testimony to look back on and say, look what God did in my life. Look at how he made a way. Look at how he brought healing. Look at how he did something in the darkness that made it light. Look at how he changed the atmosphere. And even if he causes us to endure hardship for a long time, at, at least he'll change our perspective in the midst of it and give us hope and comfort. And you might say, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through there, boss. You don't know what I'm struggling with right now. The pain, the agony is so deep. And I would say, you're right, I don't. I want to know. I'd love to listen. I know there's people around you that would love to listen. But I would also tell you that I've had a lot of pain in my own life. There's still certain things I'm walking through right now that are very painful. And and I can tell you that I've fallen into the trap of self-pity I've fallen into the trap of self-sufficiency. I've fallen into the trap of self-idolatry in the midst of my pain saying, well, if God ain't going to fix it, I'll fix it. And I'll play the role of God in my life. Or if God ain't going to fix it, I'm just going to feel bad for myself. And I, I can just tell you that While I'm tempted towards those things, I'm tempted towards doubt, the same way the psalmist that wrote this psalm was tempted towards those things. As I'm tempted uh, towards those things, I've found that the only cure for self-pity, for fear, for doubt and grief is bringing it to God and trusting him with your entire life and anchoring your soul to his steadfast love. That is the only cure. Nothing else fixes it. So while I don't know your pain, I know mine, and I know what's cured me, And I believe it will cure you too. You see, you have to ask yourself this question. Do I trust God's character enough to trust him with my pain? Ask yourself that. Maybe even ask God that. God, do I trust you enough? Do I trust your character enough to trust you with my pain? You know, in Habakkuk chapter 3, it's an Old Testament prophet You've never read it, great stuff in there, including this verse here. It says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive tree fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Sounds like a bad season, doesn't it? Though those things may be the way they are, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy. In the Lord God of my salvation, God the Lord is my strength. And so we'll rejoice as well because he is our strength and he is the God of our salvation. And that's how we go from the angst of our grief and lament to the joy of our salvation is by confessing these things and worshiping in the midst of this. And you have an invitation in your life right now to lament. But if you never gaze upon Christ in the process of your lamenting, the God of your salvation, if you never gaze upon him, you will stay in your grief. You will be a captive to your thoughts. You will be a captive to your fear, and you will remain a captive to your sin. But Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to liberate those who were in bondage. Jesus came to heal the sick, to redeem the lost, to, to set us on a firm foundation. Jesus came to make us whole, to forgive us our sin, to buy us back out of the hands of the enemy, to restore what the enemy stole from us. Jesus can do those things and he'll do them now. Even while we await on his return. But one day, Jesus will return again in power, with authority, and he will come as a conquering king, and he will restore all things, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess, whether they're in the midst of their grief, whether they laid it down or not. They're gonna look up and they're gonna say, My God, that's the God of salvation. And we have an opportunity to trust him with our salvation today. We don't have to wait. As a matter of fact, There'll be a moment where maybe we don't even have an opportunity to trust him any longer. Trust him today. Don't wait and see what happens. He's able. He's worthy. If you want healing, living in healing is only possible through Christ. And he's here now, making himself available to you to receive all that he has for you. Starting with forgiveness that leads to salvation. We're going to pray here in just a second, but before we do, I want to read the end of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, because I, I, I think it's prophetic for this moment. I think it's powerful, and I think it can speak to you. It says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, for unto us is born the Savior of the world. Here's the part I think that matters most. Take heart, O weary soul. Take heart. Take heart. For help is on its way, and holy is his name. Holy is his name. He's set apart, he's distinct from all others. There's no one like him. There's no other name on heaven and in in heaven and on earth by which man can be saved. And there's no one that can comfort you in your grief. He's holy, and help is on the way. You know, we taught today that in our grief, we should turn to God, that we should bring our pain to God and that we should ask for help from God and that we should choose to trust God. And there's no better way to do those things, my friends, than to go to him in prayer. And then we're gonna go to him again in song. And I'm believing that in prayer, we're gonna find some healing. And then I'm believing that in song, as we sing again, Waymaker, we're gonna believe that he has and is continuing to make a way in our lives. And we'll sing in victory. And believe that he's dealt with all of the brokenness. And even if we still have remnants of those things in our life and we're still struggling with that, He's much bigger than it. So, so can you join me in prayer right now as we just seek the face of the God of salvation. God, we come before you right now and we thank you that you are who you say you are. That your character is faithful, is true, that you're good, you're loving, you're reliable, you're steadfast, you're enduring, you're eternal, you're infinite, you're holy and you're present with us now. A God of all majesty is willing to be here in this place with us now, and we just acknowledge you. God, I pray first for those people that might be walking in unforgiveness, God, and maybe don't even know salvation. Lord, I pray that you bring salvation to their souls now. God, that they receive the forgiveness that comes through the grace of Jesus Christ that's blood bought on the cross at Calvary. God, that they would allow Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, that they receive forgiveness. If that's you in this place right now and you've never repented for your sin, I just want to encourage you. Just say, God, I need you, Jesus. I receive salvation from you now. I trust you with my life and I surrender it all at the feet of Jesus. Forgive me and now I'll follow you that's your prayer. For the rest of us and those maybe who even just prayed that prayer, God, restore to us our hearts that are broken, Lord. God, help us to see what you're doing in our lives that we can't see. God, I'm praying right now that you would bring to us a a revelation in our hearts that you bring, you bring beauty from ashes, Lord. God, that that you will give us oil of joy for the morning in our souls. Lord, that that you will give us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Lord, that we would walk in your light. Jesus, you are the light of this world. You came and dwelt amongst men and now you dwell amongst your people. You inhabit our lives now, Lord, and, and we just believe that you can light up the darkness in our lives. And so we're declaring today that you are a way maker that you are able, that that you are abundantly sufficient for every need that we could have, and that we will rest in you, that we will trust you, that we will believe for for you, God, to meet us in in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our pain, and that you will bring wholeness, your shalom peace to us. We thank you for it now, in Jesus' name. Amen look we've got a prayer team that's going to be here at the front of the auditorium during this song if there's something in this moment of time that God stirred in your heart and you're just like God help me with this and you're struggling with it bring it here let's pray together bring it to the altar let let one of these brothers or sisters lift you up before the king of kings and lord of lords and and just agree in faith that he can bring healing and restoration and wholeness And as you do that, we're going to be singing this song, Waymaker. It's a song of faith. And I want to invite you all to stand to your feet now. We're going to sing this song. And I want to ask that that you would also be praying for the people that are here at the front of the auditorium. But also just be singing this song with confidence and faith. Saying, God, I know that you have made a way. And I will rest in you today in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship.